Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. All right, good morning. How are we doing today? Yeah? Uh, I am so excited. Day two, today is a packed day. Uh, It's going to be a long day, so I hope you did get that nine or ten hours of sleep. Um, like they promised you when you signed up. And, uh, and so uh, what, what are we excited for? I don't know what you guys signed up for or what you got on your schedule today. Let me hear some things that you are looking forward to. Paintball. Paintball. <laughs> oh, just paint. All right. <laughs> what, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> oh, you're doing a zip line? Ooh. Yeah, it's supposed to be warm too, so it won't feel like glass just shredding your face in the cold, which is always a, a bonus. Oh, what's climbing? Come on, yeah. Anyone climbing excited? Anybody else um, uh, zip line? Anybody else excited zip line? What about archery tag? That is my favorite. Um, here's your challenge if they let you still, I don't know, but like catching them, it's the coolest thing. <laughs> when, they're, when they're coming down, you're like, nope, I got this. Uh, yeah, the climbing, my socks today. Somebody asked my socks. Um, you'll, just have, you'll just have to, oh, you got socks too? This is fantastic. Everybody has socks, though, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's a matter of if they're cool or not, right? Um, if you want to know what socks I have, you're going to have to wait and ask me. I'll be around today um, looking around and everything. So uh, I love w- w- where we started last night. A beautiful picture, right? What was the word last night? Peace. Well done. All right. What was the word? Peace. Peace, right? It was this picture of God's perfect plan for us, for our life, for his kingdom and his creation to be together, that there would be universal flourishing, nothing missing, nothing broken. Not just the absence of conflict, but life blooming and blossoming. Now, we've got a bit of a problem because while that sounds amazing, it does not match the world that we live in, does it? No. Like by a long shot for a lot of people. I mean, I watched that video and, and, and man, life is heavy. Life is hard, right? And, and so where is this peace that we speak of? In fact, I think there's so many um, examples of like the, the hardships of life. People will walk on the Capitol when we see injustices. And, uh, and we live pretty close to D.C., if you live in Maryland or Pennsylvania, and I actually have walked uh, to the Capitol in D.C., um, me and some friends, we would get together, uh, but, but not exactly what you think. In fact, I'm going to tell you about the, the, the things that I marched uh, to the White House on. Um, I'm sure they're like panicking right now, like he didn't approve this. Um, <laughs> where are we going with this? Here, here's what I did. True story. Me and some friends, we were like, we, uh, we're going to go march and uh, here's what we're going to do. If you agree, you're just going to clap, okay? So um, you, if you agree that these were worthy things to go march at the White House and the Capitol for, just clap. So the first thing, we had a big, and we had posters for all of this. We had a big poster that says, remove strawberry from Neapolitan ice cream. That's like the chocolate, vanilla, and then strawberry. Why is it there? Why is it there? Thank you. Thank you. All right, how about this one? Um, Impeach Tom Brady. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if there's Patriot fans here. (laughs) That one weirdly got the most reactions. Um, How about this one? Instead of calling them hot air balloons, beautiful air balloons. Come on. Let's not objectify objects. Okay, okay? We can't do that anymore. Um, What about Ziploc cereal bags? Come on, right? Goes bad. You know, you got to roll it up. Just zip it. Zip it. All right, how about this one? Croutons are not just tiny toast. 
I don't even know what we were going for there. <laughs> that one's my favorite because it implies that croutons are tiny toast, <laughs> but they're more than just tiny toast. All right, sporks deserve way more credit. It's like the universal utensil. It, it's the end-all, be-all of utensils. And then this one, uh, make a stand against picketing. It's about time we stand up about standing up, right? Yeah. It's time to sit down. It's, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and while those are silly and stupid, and yes, I did that, and I don't know if I regret it at this point in life or not yet, but uh, the point being, for every silly thing, there are some really, really serious things in life that are worthy of our attention. And, and what I can tell you is that we are fixated on these problems. We see them, and we want to do something about them. I mean, if you could, if you had the power to snap your fingers and all the problems just went away, would you do it? If it was that easy. My gosh, it's a no-brainer. Last night, we all raised our hand when we said, if people would just be nice to one another, if people just got along, there are so many problems that if we could, we would just wish and wash them away. However, the piece of plan is out the window. And, and what happens is, you know, we don't just want the absence. That's what we've settled for because life is so hard. We've just settled for, man, I just wish there weren't problems. That'd be all right just coasting in the middle. But is that the plan that we talked about? No. The plan is that there would be flourishing, that it would be abundant, that it would be growth, that it wouldn't be stagnant, normal, and comfortable, and, and cushiony. It, it wouldn't be just this isolated, protected box. That's not peace. That's not peace. And that's not the plan. And so we look around, brokenness, destruction, death, pain, it seems way more commonplace than this peace that we talked about. We left off last night, and we had Adam and Eve, and they were in the garden. In Genesis 2.15, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Man, he had purpose. He had identity. Remember where we stood, that he was uh, fully known and fully loved, that he had a role to play. But much more than that, God was first in the story. God was central, and that is so important. And lastly, that we see in the very beginning this picture of God's kingdom and his creation in right relationship with one another. This was the plan. What was the word? Peace. Peace. But suddenly, Adam and Eve encountered temptation. And maybe you know the story, and it comes in the form of a serpent, but the serpent itself was not the temptation. The temptation was that they would put themselves first in the story. And so this morning, we're going to read from Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable and gaining wisdom. She took some of it and ate it. She also gave some of it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. 
So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? The peace was broken, and it was broken the very minute that they ran from what they used to run to. In this moment, we see God coming, and they knew the sound of his footsteps in the garden. This was a sound that prior they would have loved, run towards, anticipated. That was what they desired most. That was what they wanted. That was peace, and here we see God approaching And he asks this question, where are you? Now, God knew where they were, but man, that that question, him speaking out as they were hiding, would have sent chills down their spine. What have we done? We broke the peace. We vandalized the plan. What is vandalism? I'm sure you might think of graffiti, but the the definition is action involving deliberate destruction of or damage to anything that doesn't belong to someone. It was not our plan. But what we see in essence is that we tried to put ourselves first in the story. And in so doing, we tried to reorder the whole thing. We said, well, what if God wasn't first, but what if we were first? And and we didn't just reorder, we brought disorder. And it was at that moment that brokenness was introduced. It was our disobedience to God that vandalized his perfect plan of peace. Today's word, today's word is vandalism. Today's word is vandalism. It's a harsh word. It means we did something to something that wasn't ours. We had no business to. And in so doing, we have devalued, deappreciated, broken, ruined something that is not ours. And we have a name for this vandalism of peace, vandalism of the plan. We call it sin. The decision to disobey God himself had ripple effects and consequences throughout time, and it comes through the form of sin. And and sin is a confused word, so I want to spend some time clarifying what sin is, because it is the origin of all other problems in your life, I assure you of that. Sin is a condition inside ourselves. See, it's more than just the things we kind of label as sin. We say, well, don't do this, and don't do this, and don't, you shouldn't bully, and don't do drugs, and, and we kind of give names to sins, not sin itself, See, there's an origin to all those actions. It it, it is truly a sickness within ourselves. And there are symptoms. If you were sick, right, you'd have a runny nose and a temperature. You'd have a fever, right? You'd cough. You'd have symptoms, but they all speak to and reveal a problem on a much deeper level, don't they? And in the same way, we, I love this quote, we are not sinners because we sin, we sin because we are sinners. That's a, that's a reversal and a change in our understanding of what we're actually looking at. We're looking at a condition that we can't solve. There's no medicine for this sickness. We were desperate, broken, 
and, and we weigh it against, we look at sin and we weigh it against peace, shalom. And we look at the two and we say, well, if this was universal flourishing, then sin is by definition and contrast anything that is anti-flourishing, anything that is not life. Maybe you've heard the scripture that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Does that sound like the opposite of flourishing? Yeah. Stealing, killing, destroying, death itself. If God's picture of peace was that we would be imitators, reflections of him, that we would mirror his very being, then sin at its core is inauthenticity. That we are truly not living how we were created to live. Let me break this down for you. If God created us to be reflections of himself, and what we know is true about God is that at his very core he is love, then sin is any time we fail to love. Love being a selfish, intentional action that requires a recipient. And it, that recipient can be a stranger. Think about the Good Samaritan story. That recipient doesn't have to be somebody that's just a close friend or a family member. It's any and everyone. It's the intentional, selfless act of loving other people. So man, when we don't reflect that, that's a sin. When we fail to love, that's a sin. So see, you'd rather just have no problems with your siblings and no problems with your friends and no problems with the bully. But let me tell you, neutrality ain't the solution. That's not the peace plan God had. It's not till you can start loving your enemy. And that is hard. Now you're like, okay, not only is peace not plausible, it doesn't seem something I can grasp. It doesn't seem like something that's, that's real. Now you're telling me it's the whole opposite? I, how am I supposed to do that? It's a good day if I don't get in an argument. It's a good day if people don't pick on me. It's a good day if I just go unnoticed. That's not what God has for you. That is not his plan, and that is not what you want deep down. And so, yeah, maybe this inauthenticity, maybe this rebellion, maybe this broken reflection started with Adam, but it has permeated throughout time through all people. It is a condition we all have. We are all guilty. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us break the plan, and not only that, we break it often, and, and, and worse yet, we break it when we don't even want to. I know I'm speaking to people who've never heard God's plan of peace, and I know I'm speaking to people who are like, yeah, been there, done that since I was two years old. And I gotta tell you, even when we want it, we don't do it. Brokenness seems to be in every place in this world, but worse than that, seems to be in me. And sin is even the worst part. Sin actually leads to the worst thing. Yeah, it gets worse. Separation. Sin is what separates us from God. It's a barrier between, not only do we turn our back, but there is a wall now between us and God. Infinitely long, deep, high, wide, there's no getting over it. You can work and work and work, but work doesn't work. There's no getting over the wall. So even if you want to turn back, see, the problem is perfect cannot mix with imperfect. Let's say I made some brownies and I said, hey, I put like um, just a little bit of my dog poop got in there. Um, it's just not a lot. It's not a lot, I swear. Do you want the brownie? No. 
Good. Right answer. I knew somebody was going to say, yeah, you weirdo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> good. I was counting on that. Um, and so, yeah, you're like, uh, no, I'm good. I mean, if, if you want, we'll say water with poison. It's just a, it's just a drop of poison in there. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it down. <laughs> you guys are too much. Now, let's say, so, so here's God. Here's God, perfect and pure, and here we are. Even if it's an ounce, even if it's a, a drop imperfect. Now, if you mix imperfect into perfect, is that perfect? No. Yeah. Now this is just poison too. And in the same way, God who deeply desires right relationship between his kingdom and his creation is now separated because of our imperfection. Because we broke the contract, we changed the order, and we brought disorder in its place. And we are trying to solve a problem we already can't fix when it comes to sin. But we so fixate on that problem, we forget the main thing. See, we'd settle for the garden without God. We'd say, oh, I'll take all the blessings, but right relationship, no. We forget that there's a deeper, more significant, more important problem. If you had no sin in your life, you'd still have a huge problem if you didn't have God. You'd still have a huge problem. Right relationship between kingdom and creation. But what's the word today? Vandalism. Vandalism. And this separation creates another problem. This disobedience. It's that God is a just God. And praise the Lord, that's good news. That means he actually wants to do something about the brokenness, right? If, if peace is the universal flourishing and sin is anti-flourishing, well, then justice acts as a bridge to rectify and right the two. To say, all right, how do we get back to flourishing? How do we go back to the plan? How do we make it back to peace? So, so it's good news that God is a just God. However, this is only part of the equation, but sin has a severe cost attached to it. Sin creates what I like to call a death debt, and there is a price for peace, and that price is this death debt. In fact, it says in Ephesians 2, 3, uh, or 1 through 3, it says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who's, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So if you're keeping score on all the problems you've got first, we tried to take first place in the story, and that's a problem. It introduced sin, which brought brokenness to God's perfect plan of peace. That sin created a barrier called separation between us and God, and now there is a high cost and a debt debt, a death debt that has to be paid. And I'll tell you what, it is so wrong for us to ignore these problems. It is so wrong for us to pretend like, nah, we're just going to sell you on the good side of the gospel. It's not the gospel if we don't talk about the problem. 
It, it, there would be no reason for the story of the gospel if there was not this problem, this problem that is infinitely larger than any of us can handle. Too high, too wide, too long, too deep. There's no getting over the wall. There's no solving this problem on our own. But it's important we don't ignore these things because God is not just trying to set you free from a messed up world and a broken life. He's trying to set you free for something. And I think that's critical and we miss that. It's not just being set free from sin, but set free for relationship with God. Right relationship restored. Again, the good news is this. God hates sin hates sin he hates sin and he wants to do something about it but he loves you do you see the problem the tension here's this death debt and somebody's got to pay but I don't want the very affection of my heart to be the one to have to pay it I love them too much and so God set out on a rescue mission he had a plan in mind to put death to sin to put sin to death, to restore his plan, his right way. I love that this is the heart of our God because it speaks to him as redeemer and renewer. Because here's the thing, he takes the things in our lives and he and only he can redeem them. Redeem is a fancy word meaning to buy back and renew is like making it brand new. And can I just say, I don't know your heart towards God, but I know there are things you hate in your life. If we're being honest with ourselves, if we take seconds to think and pause, I know, and I know you beat yourself up. But is it any comfort at all to know that God still loves you, still made you in his image, and wanted to do something bad, and did not want you to pay the cost? There is a cost. I love that that is the heart of God. Don't abandon the only person who can take all the junk in your life and transform it into something beautiful. I mean, we make stuff from recycled materials. We make all sorts of stuff, shoes and jackets. and I mean, everything's made from recycled stuff now. It's amazing, but if we can do that with junk in the ocean, imagine what God, the creator of all things, can do with your life. When we talk about the tapestry of the kingdom of God, what looks like a stain, God weaves into the art. God is the only person who can take the regrets, the pain, the sleepless nights, the questions we ask ourselves, the things we hate about ourselves deep down, the pain and brokenness from our families, from hurt relationships. He's the only one, and I, I promise you, that can transform it, that wants to buy it back from you and say, I'll take that on and I'll change it so that you get something better. God had a plan. God had this plan from the very beginning because Romans 6.23 also says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Tonight, we're going to talk about the cross. We're going to talk about this gift. We're going to talk about God's rescue plan for us. The brutal price of God's love for us and our vandalism of his perfect plan. I'm going to do something right now. I just want to pause because this is heavy. I get that. And I want to just be in silence for a second for you to have your own thoughts. 
I'm not here to just speak at you. I'm here to help you speak with God. I'm here to hopefully give you some language for how you feel, some tools for how to navigate that. And, and, and not just me, but your, your leaders, the people you came with, they're here for you too. And after this, we're going to go to groups and you're going to have opportunities to share what you're comfortable with. But here's my encouragement. This is a safe space to be honest, open, and vulnerable. And it's in those places that you can be really honestly surprised by what God does in our vulnerability. And so I just want to be silent for a second and then I'm going to pray. And then y'all are going to run out of here, go crazy and meet with your groups. Okay. You're going to group time after this. So if you want to bow your head and close your eyes, just, I want you to think about this cost, this debt. I want you to think about the vandalism, the painful, broken parts of your life. I want you to think about the things you wish God would take and transform. The things that you'd wish he would remove. You have to offer him something for him to, to work on it, to change it, to mold it. God, we are so grateful that your kingdom is one of redemption. God, I'm so grateful that this story didn't stop here. God, I'm so grateful that you had a plan. I'm so grateful, Lord, for what we're going to speak about tonight, the cross and the gift. God, I pray that as we go about our business today, certainly we would reflect on your plan. We reflect on the ways that we broke it. But more so, God, we would reflect on the amazing grace and love that you have to solve the problem, to send your son on a rescue mission, to redeem and renew life as we know it. So, God, we thank you. We love you. See in your name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.